cheese and chowder. What's going on, friends? Welcome to episode seven of Cheese and Chowder, the RML podcast. We are your hosts, as usual, Cheese, a.k.a. Cody, and Chowder, a.k.a. Brad. Bradley, been a crazy week. How you doing? Good. A uh, little uh, hurt from my last loss or last game I played that we would talk about later in the podcast. But besides that, it's uh, been a very eventful week in RML, to say the least, and we have a lot to talk about tonight. You said it. You said it for sure. It has been... Uh, another fun week. Uh, a lot has happened. We've got a lot of games to get through. We had a lot of games played. A uh, pretty average more week when it comes to number of games played and how quickly we advance this time. But we're still on a really good pace, and it's been super active in chat. So, all right, let's get into it. So, another weekly recap for the last three to four weeks. Um, looking around weeks five through seven played this uh, real week. Um, so here we go. Game of the week. Uh, last, last episode, we talked about uh, some games to watch for and kind of uh, what to keep an eye on as far as uh, matchups and things like that. Uh, so we're going to kind of go through some of those and uh, see how those games turned out. All right, let's start with week five. We talked about uh, three games in week five. The Colts versus the Chiefs. That was the first one. Um, definitely an interesting matchup. Uh, on paper, it looked great. We had Doe and the Colts versus Plug and the Chiefs. What do you think, Brad? Did it live up to the hype? I think uh, that's an understatement. It was a great game. Obviously, it got, you know, skewed and, uh, you know, not – it just wasn't a fun scene with the refs getting involved there at the end. And that whole spiel, we won't go too much into it here. You can make a whole episode about that game. Um, but the Colts come out on top there. They uh, end up five and one after this regular, you know, full week, and the Chiefs go to five and two. Could be big uh, for the AFC playoff seeding, and I think that might be a likely AFC championship right there. Preview. Yeah, very controversial, um, interesting calls at the end there. Um, you know, like you said, we're not going to talk too much about it. It is what it is. Whatever happened, happened. Um, it is going to end up being uh, one of those, maybe one of those swing games that kind of propels one team over the other. But it looks like Plug has done pretty well for himself since then, um, bringing himself to a five and two record. Uh, so it's pretty solid there. Um, he should uh, be able to continue to compete in that really tough AFC West division. All right, uh, moving on. That we also talked about uh, my game that week: the Packers versus the Cowboys. Monkey coming in. Uh, with a two and two record, I was four and zero undefeated, and um, yeah, I took my first loss. It was a uh, it was a beating. I I went in pretty confident. I you know I give credit to Monkey. We've had a good little rivalry. Um, he, we definitely know each other's play style, but I have not. That was my first time playing him in Madden twenty. 
Um, and like we've literally harped on for seven episodes, it's a much different game. So um, there's different strategies here and there. So maybe next time we play, I'll be able to be a little bit more competitive. Final score was 34 to 21 Cowboys over the Packers. Um, yeah, I just couldn't get much going on offense. I had, uh, I did have a kick return, the first kick six of the season. Uh, I also had a pick six. Um, so, but that shows you that I only had one offensive touchdown. Um, while Monkey was able to get a lot of points, it was a close game for most, for about two thirds, and he started to pull away at the end. So, um, yeah, I mean, his running back, Brita, had a good game 179 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Paris Campbell, 125 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, yeah, his offense was was doing well, and I couldn't really get much going myself. So, um, yeah, that that gave me my first loss at 4-1 and one at the time. And then um, the next matchup we talked about is uh, Seth and Vic. So Broncos versus Chargers. One of these early must-win games that we talked about, a make-or-break situation for both teams. And, uh, yeah, what, what happened there? So, in, uh, you know, we talked about Vic a lot last episode about his upcoming schedule and what games he needed to win, and this is one of them. And he came up short. Uh, Seth won pretty handily, 28-13. to Deshaun Watson shredded the Los Angeles defense. He went 22 for 28, uh, 410 yards passing, three touchdowns and one interception. So very disappointing loss for Vic, and it really set him in a hole. And now he sits at three and four. We'll get into that a little bit later. But definitely not a game that Vic could afford to lose there. But um, as far as the Broncos go, really uh, springs them up. And now they're sitting at four and three at this uh, time of the recording of the podcast. And it kind of started with that game against Vic to uh, you know elevate them into that top of the division. Yeah, looking at Vic's schedule, a um, couple games that are winnable for him coming up against um, Bears and me after that. Uh, that should be a good one between me and him. And then he's got Raiders, Chiefs, and Broncos, so three divisional matchups after that with a bye week in the middle there. So these next two are going to be pretty big for him. Again, I mean, he's got back up to a three and four since that loss, uh, starting off one and four through week five. So maybe not – Maybe he's maybe not out of it yet. You know, he's still just closing, closing in on 500. Um, hopefully he can keep it up and win some of those division games. That's going to be the key, I think, uh, for Vic moving forward. He's got to win. He's got to at least win two or three of those division games to keep pace with those guys. Um, like we said, you know, many times that's going to be a real tough division. Um, hopefully he can keep it up. Um, Deshaun Watson in that game, 400 yards, yeah, three touchdowns. Uh, for, uh, for for Seth, so real real good win for Seth there, bringing him uh, you know over 500 uh, currently at four and three. All right, so that was week five. The games to watch. I think most of them lived up to the hype a little bit. Um, not super exciting games. Uh, let's talk about some other games that happened that week. Um, we had. Another tie, uh, the first tie that's this season um, happened, I believe it was Redskins and Bears. It was a sim game, 35-35. But we had another tie involving the team from Washington. Uh, I know you want to talk about this one, Brad. 
I, w- I was watching this game uh, live in overtime, and I think um, the Washington newspapers probably having a field day with this game. So the Patriots and Redskins go into overtime, 45-45, back and forth game, the whole game, and it ends up tied 45-45, head an OT. Patriots get the ball, then you know they don't score. Redskins have the ball. And it ends up being about 40 seconds on the clock, and they're at their own 25-yard line. And they have two timeouts. And they're running down the clock, playing, uh, you know, just a pass down up the middle of the field. No hurry at all. No rush. No timeout. Just awful clock management. And then the big kicker, no pun intended here, is uh, with eight seconds left, the, the Redskins decide to punt it on fourth down instead of a Hail Mary with very little risk. So I was kind of scratching my head here, wondering what the Redskins are doing here. Like, it doesn't hurt to try to get in the field goal range there because the field goal would win, would win it there. And, uh, you know, we, we love you, Snorts, but I think that's a uh, clock management needs some improvement from you. But it definitely makes uh, the playoff races a lot, inter- a lot more interesting having a team with two ties. And obviously the Patriots now have got one tie, and that will come into play in the AFC East as they're all at a pretty even uh, standing right now. But just a weird game all around. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, agree with you with the snorts clock management there. Uh, not sure. I was watching live too. Not sure what he was doing. But yeah, it is what it is. I'm, I'm not sure he would have really, uh, you know, completed a Hail Mary. But we've seen many times this season already, I think at least two or three times where games have been decided with deep passes or Hail Marys uh, late in the game with pass interference being called to set up a, an easy field goal or, a, or you know, you've, you've experienced it twice actually already this yes, season. Uh, no need to bring that up. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, so, and then we also have another solid matchup, the Rams and the Seahawks, another division matchup. Um, yeah, maddening with a, a really big win in week five, 35-31, the final score there. We're going to talk more about that game later on uh, in the episode as uh, it pertains to a different segment. Moving on to week six, some of the matchups we saw matchups we wanted you to watch out for um the 49ers and the rams pretty solid game um i think uh maddening won that one um and yeah i mean another solid win against shane and the niners another uh division matchup the final score 34 to 28 and another one another good rivalry but not as close of a matchup. Uh, Cowboys versus the Jets. Monkey versus Bundy. Final score of that one, 38-8. to eight. Uh, So not a solid performance by Bundy there. Monkey getting the advantage and just running with it, um, showing that his offense is pretty legit this season. Uh, that brought him to 4-2 and two at the time uh, with two straight wins. Uh, in those two against me and Bundy. And then the first edition of the Cheese and Chowder Bowl, uh, this version being the Cheese Bowl in Green Bay, Lions versus Packers. Um, Lions undefeated at the time at 4-0, coming out of a bye week. 
the Green Bay Packers coming off a tough loss, four and one, a battle for the division, for the division lead. Um, yeah. So Brad, take me through it. What happened? I was there. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think that the biggest factor that led to me winning this game against you is with uh, Joe Mixon only ended up with 12 yards and 11 attempts for the whole game. And I'm pretty sure he was at like two yards at halftime or something like that, something ridiculous. So I think uh, shutting down your running game really helped me, you know, lock down in your passing too. And you started getting your passing game going a little bit in the second half. But I think that was the biggest factor. And I got out to an early lead and I, I didn't let up. And uh, you come out on top and was able to stay undefeated at that time. But it was a good game, and I think uh, I might not be so lucky. Our next matchup on uh, in week seventeen. <clears throat> yeah, it was a very interesting game. I felt like yeah, you played really well. You definitely stymied my run game hard. I couldn't get anything going on the ground, and generally when I don't have a good ground game, it's hard for me to have uh, a good offensive attack. I I struggle uh, with just an air raid attack. I I, I need a balanced offense generally to play well. Um, yeah, it was, you really had me going. Uh, I do remember there were some uh, pretty interesting plays. I know you had uh, a lot of uh, opportunities that kind of were squandered um, to kind of pull away earlier in the game um, and kind of, I feel like there was a lot of chances uh, that were given to me and that I just never took advantage of. So, it was a pretty solid game overall. Um, I think it would end up being a one-score game f- or even a like a 10-point or less game for most of it uh, until the end when you kind of pulled away for, for good. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was entertaining. It was exciting. And I think people are going to be looking forward to the next one. The Cheese and Chowder Bowl. We might have to put something on the line week 17 maybe a public humiliation or something, but uh, all right, moving on. Uh, other games from week six, the Steelers and Chargers. Um, that would be uh, Bruce versus Vic, two longtime RMLers. Uh, Bruce coming out on top 27 to 24. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, Vic coming out on top 27 to 25 on that one. That was a very great, uh, very good game. It was 27 to 19 late. Um, Bruce was driving. He uh, scores with eight seconds to go, scores a touchdown, needs a two-point conversion to tie the game, to send it to overtime. And, oh, man, that play was crazy. I I remember talking to you about this. He throws uh, like a slant or a, a little hook, and it gets tipped at least once, maybe twice. And then his guy looks like he has it, he has it in his arms and his in his hands, and then it just drops. It drops out of his hands, incomplete, game over. Basically, eight seconds left. Couldn't get the uh, onside kick, and Vic came away with it. Any thoughts on that one? Yeah, when when uh, I was watching it, I thought I actually thought that he caught it when uh, it was in his hands. Like I was like, it took me like you know a couple seconds to realize that it was incomplete. And uh, obviously, that was pretty much game over right there. And I think this game is pretty huge for multiple reasons. Obviously, it's going to affect the 
AFC North uh, division race. And I know we keep talking about Vic a lot. He just happens to be in the middle of a lot of good games here. And uh, But I think this game is huge for keeping Vic alive because there's a big difference between being one in six and being two and five here, or two and four, sorry. And, um, you know, so I think this is the one game that keeps Vic afloat at least for a little longer. And if, if he loses this game, it's pretty much season over for him there. But this keeps him alive and maybe a chance for, you know, a, a second-half comeback. Yeah, he would have been 1-5 with a loss. Um, two and, he goes to 2-4 and four that week. Definitely a must-win game there for sure. I mean, we talked about how week five was a must-win game, uh, week six being a must-must-win game for Vic. And he got it done, able to hang on barely by a thread and beating Bruce in a good game. All right, moving on to week seven. Matchups that we talked about uh, last podcast to look out for were uh, the Chiefs and the Broncos, AFC West. Pretty much every week, that those are the games to look out for if you see one of those. Um, Plug versus Seth this time. Uh, very, very good, entertaining game. Very close, very hard fought, very high scoring. Uh, it ended up being an overtime winner, a banger for Kansas City Chiefs plug getting the win 40 to 34. So I didn't get to see that one. Um, did you get to see that one or, or uh, have any thoughts on that one? Uh, I watched uh, the last couple of minutes of the game and overtime and uh, the Chiefs went down the field and drove down and it was a, I'm pretty sure it was a receiving touchdown for Dalvin Cook, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, I don't have the game in front of me right now. The, I'm pretty sure it was the running back that caught the pass to seal the game. Might be wrong on this. But nonetheless, that was a big game. Within that division, you know, I uh, keeps Chiefs on top of that division for now. And a big, big overtime win that could be a big deciding factor later on in the season in the playoff race. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it now. It must, I don't think you're right, but uh, regardless, it must have been uh... – Maybe it was Landry or Adams or Des Bryant. Those are the only ones who have a, a touchdown on the record there. But regardless, it was uh, obviously a banger. Those two guys, very competitive, very, um, you know, evenly matched. If you, you know, look at that AFC West uh, being two really solid teams. Um, so after week seven, those teams, uh, the Chiefs are five and two uh, with a nice one game advantage over the Broncos. Uh, at four and three. Um, so Chiefs are leading the AFC West after week seven at five and two. So even with the setback uh, against the Colts, still coming out on top and taking the advantage uh, with Danny having a bye week. Uh, so he's four and two, Seth being four and three, and Vic being three and four. So they're all still real close, only within you know a couple games, uh, still anyone's division. So speaking of Danny, um, we just played our week seven game Packers versus Raiders. Um, there are definitely some issues this week with, uh, the internet and the Madden and EA servers and YouTube and all that fun stuff. Um, but we ended up getting it played through. Uh, so the official game, uh, that was played, um, final score is 27 to 14. 
literally just got done with it so I can it's fresh in my mind um much better game played by me on defense uh able to kind of hold him for a lot of it uh he did get some some solid offense going but I did pick him off three times um two by Kyle Fuller and uh Cam Newton played pretty well only their one pick had a touchdown pass rushing game again couldn't get anything going Danny's user is just really really good and his linebackers are just so, so good. Montez Sweat, that ended up being a huge trade for him. Uh, we talked about that a little bit. And, um, yeah, he's he's the real deal. Um, he's, he's a good player. And his defense is better than it was last year, in my opinion. So, real solid game there. I felt much more confident in that one, even though it didn't look great in the box score. Um, you know, I felt it gave me a little boost um, knowing that I played a little bit better. All right. And then the other game we talked about was the bro bowl uh, version, the Tillman bro bowl, the Baltimore Ravens versus Seattle Seahawks. Um, Let's talk about this one. The game itself. Did it live up to the hype? I'm not sure that it did. Brad. I think that would be a, a negative. I did not get to watch the game today. I was uh, not around to watch the stream, but the final score says it all, 33-14 to 14 in favor of the Seahawks. I think uh, I can't speak too much on the specifics of this game, unfortunately, but I think that we can say that maybe this is the turning point for Tillman, who beat Frankie last, last uh, week 6, 27-13, and now beating uh, his brother and Pro Bowls are, are never easy, no matter how bad the other brother is, because you play each other a lot, you, you, even out of the league and stuff, and you know each other's tendencies, and they can tend to be a little bit challenging. So not, not to scoff at you know, this game right here for Tillman, but I mean, this, these are the games he's supposed to win, and these are the games he needs to win if he wants to win that NFC West title for this season. Yeah, so looking at the stats for that game, um, Troy Apke had two interceptions on defense for Seattle. The Seahawks also had three rushing touchdowns with one by Lamar Jackson. It seems like a really well-rounded game for Seattle. And um, like you said, it's definitely needed for Tillman, um, maybe a turning point this season for him after some really rough struggles uh, early on for a player that a lot of people, or some people last year considered the greatest of all time the goat so we'll see if that you know turns around after week seven he has a four and three record I believe that's uh, might be the first time he's been over 500 this season maybe since week one I can't remember if he won but uh, and then we'll talk about beast mode and the Ravens a little bit later on too Um, and then the other game uh, that happened that uh, we didn't really say to watch out for but ended up being a game that we should have mentioned um an interdivision matchup, the Minnesota Vikings versus the Detroit Lions. Um, so Seacott versus Mr. Chowder over here. Um, you lived it. Let's talk about it. What happened? Uh, let's not talk about it. how about that. But um, I think uh, I just got to give props to Seacott. I, I'm not going to lie. I definitely underestimated him coming into that game. And I was not prepared as, as I should have been. And I definitely got a little bit. Uh, like lenient and it was it's like the definition of a trap game like I was looking forward to Weasel 
coming up here in week eight and, you know, kind of counting Vikings as a win. And he caught me off guard, off guard and he played well. And uh, to give you guys a little bit of a breakdown of what happened, I, I got off to a 14 nothing lead pretty early. And I thought it was going to be one of those games where you just cruise and have fun, you know, in a little bit of like a blowout. And that is far from what happened. And uh, he got back into the game on two fumble, like, like pick sixes, I guess, like touchdown, you know, fumbles returned for touchdowns. I don't know, what you, I don't know if there's any catchy name for those. Um, but, you know, back and forth, like he'd score one touch, you know, go up like 28 to 21, and I'd score right away, get it 28-28, and back and forth for a little bit like that, eventually getting to um, 35 to 28 Vikings with about two minutes left in the game. I drive down the field, and I, I put together a, a very good drive, and uh, I eventually score. I was very nervous about making the extra point because sometimes my, you know, the lag is tough on field goals and stuff, but I made it 35-35 with eight seconds left, kick it off, and he chucks it up deep, and this is what could have happened in the Snorts game, you know, if he just chucks it up. A ridiculous pass interference is called on like the 25-yard line, and he gets in field goal range. I ice the kicker, and he makes the he nails that kick, and there goes the undefeated season for the Detroit Lions. But uh, a couple things about dur- during the game is uh, he did a very good job shutting down my running game in the first half, and really throughout the whole game, I only got the one big rush that Melvin. Gore- Melvin Gordon broke out an 83-yard run that really inflated his stats. He only had 130 yards total, so if you take that one out, it's only like 50 yards right there. And um, his pass rush really got to me. Uh, Aaron Donald leading the way at three sacks, and he had about, I think, seven sacks total. So that definitely did not help, and it came at some inopportune times for me. And he forced uh, three fumbles, which uh, definitely did not help my case um so i mean obviously i can blame the refs for the end of the game and i kind of you know i just wish overtime would have decided it but end of the day i didn't execute the plays and i you know i just really did not expect him to come out like this and you know i think uh he shows that he can hang you know he can hang with some some of the top guys so that was that (laughs) Yeah, I watched uh, some of the end just to see what all the fuss was about. And uh, yeah, that was a crazy call. Like like you said, uh, kind of sucks when Madden, you know, takes one away from you like that. Um, but we all run into those, those issues and uh, you kind of just have to live with it. And honestly, just never put yourself in that situation to begin with, like you said. But um, yeah, like you said, I think... And especially in that situation, I th- I think it was it was just a one on one on the outside. It wasn't even like double triple coverage. So it's not like you know he's getting mauled out there. It's one guy, and you didn't even use him. So it's literally the computer controlled player making a play on the receiver and getting called for pi, and that basically cost you the game. So. Tough stuff, uh, and that was the first loss of the season for the Detroit Lions, so no longer undefeated. Uh, we'll talk more about that. Not meant a lot of teams falling, getting their first loss uh, since the last podcast. 
All right, so that's it for the uh, games of the week that we were talking about last week. Um, a lot of inter- a lot of very good games, a lot of uh, fun ones to watch, and uh, yeah, I hope you guys all enjoyed some of those games that we we kind of shined a light on. So um, let's talk about some other stuff that happened and some other stuff that's happening in the league. Um, let's talk about injuries. So as of right now, it's a couple of notable injuries. Uh, Saquon Barkley, the running back for the Washington Redskins, is out for four weeks with broken ribs. Um, so interesting uh, injury for uh, snorts. Hopefully he can, you know, muster the blow. It's going to be tough. Uh, he's got Shane next week and Seacop uh, and the Vikings after that, and then Cam. So not the toughest schedule, and then he has a bye week. Um, so only missing three games for Saquon Barkley, but that's a huge hit to his offense. Um, you know, that's your first-round draft pick, are easily the best player and the franchise player on that team. And and the other injury news, Omar Payne out for five weeks. Maybe the biggest injury news of the season. Uh, dislocated ankle. So BLD and the Saints will be without their star running back. Uh, the guy who is setting the league on fire. Um, yeah, going to be interesting. I'm, I, I don't expect it to slow him down basically at all. He's got a lot of good players, and obviously his talent is up there with the best. He has the Bears and next week, Andy and the Cardinals the week after that, and then a bye, Charlie Hustle and the Falcons, and then Conk after that uh, to round out those five weeks. So I don't really see him losing any of those. Conk might be uh, able to give him a battle, but uh, any thoughts on the injuries uh, this season? I think uh, Omar Payne might be, the, obviously, like you said, the biggest injury. And I think it's it's not even about winning or losing the games. It's about he is on pace to set many records and maybe be an MVP candidate. And I think this injury kind of takes him out of contention for most of those awards and gives uh, these other players a shot now. But I think, uh, you know, obviously BLD is BLD, and he's going to win. But don't overlook Charlie Hustle and the Falcons and then Conk at the tail end of this injury for Omar Payne. And I think uh, missing Payne might, you know, hurt BLD. And uh, obviously, like you said, with Saquon, Snorts is, uh, you know, really is missing Saquon, I think. And uh, But it could be worse with the opponent's strength of schedule coming up. Uh, but as far as injuries as a whole, I think uh, injuries are at a good spot now. There's really aren't that many in the league. And uh, I think we we found it, kind of found a good spot so far, uh, as far as the injury sliders go. <laughs> yeah, we talked about Omar Payne uh, a lot in this podcast, um, pretty much every week since you know we started the power rankings and the um, draft preview and player preview and keepers and all that. Obviously, he's you know one of the best keepers and one of the best players in the league, and. Um, he, he was on pace, like you said, to sell, maybe set records. And, I mean, he, he was winning NFC Offensive Player League seemingly every week. Um, I think you may be onto something. I don't think it's going to affect him too much. But, you know, maybe maybe there's something, you know, confidence-wise 
that he that he needs with that guy. So I feel like, you know, maybe his head isn't going to be 100% in it the way he would when he can rely on Payne to just carve up the defense uh, like he's been doing all year. So hopefully he comes back strong. Um, I, I anticipate him to be still atop the NFC or um, at least at, and atop his division by the time Omar Payne comes back um, to give him a chance at a, a deep playoff run. Uh, so that'll do it for the injuries that we're going to talk about. All right, so next we're going to have a little new segment. Um, it's going to be uh, hopefully a weekly segment that we do. Instead of doing um, pl- offensive and defensive players of the week for each division, kind of boring, kind of monotonous, um, we're going to talk about RML players and RML users and the players that we think are having the best week of the current week of the podcast. So this is the user of the week. User of the week. All right. The user of the week is Maddening and the Los Angeles Rams. Maddening and the Los Angeles Rams are five and two, and they're on a five-game win streak. Yes, sir. After starting 0-2, Maddening has won five straight games, beating uh, a, a lot of good teams, but two very good teams in Tillman and the Seahawks in that divisional matchup we talked about, 35 to 31, and also beating Charlie Hustle, who is off to a really solid start as well. Um, some notable numbers from players for Maddening's team his keeper quarterback, Connor Barry uh, from Madden 19, has 15 touchdowns and only six interceptions. And his star player, his favorite, uh, being a Kansas City Chiefs fan in real life, you know he had to go with Tyreek Hill in that first round of the fantasy draft, and it has paid off dearly. 43 catches, 994 yards, 15 touchdowns. So early offensive player of the year candidate for the Rams, maybe even an MVP candidate if he keeps this up. I mean, he's on pace for um, – we're talking six, 160 yards a game. So that's on pace for over 2,000 yards already. Um, Brad, let's talk about him. Any, uh, what jumps out of you about Maddening and how he's been playing so far? Uh, Maddening's been – he's been very fun to watch, uh, watching his streams. I've, I've kind of ended up watching a good amount of his streams. Just the timing has worked out pretty well. And uh, he's uh, – he knows what he's doing on offense. He's like a uh, mastermind on offense. And uh, Tyreek Hill is just like not even defendable. I like, I, I was, like you, were say, you were saying before uh, we went live how I was watching the game and the opponent was literally using the safety and stride for stride with Hill. And then it's just the bomb is just too deep and Hill still caught it. And it's like, what else are you supposed to do? And uh, I think you know him having Hill, and also uh, don't he has a uh, the rookie, the real life. I forget, uh, Miko Hardman. Uh, yeah, yeah, Hardman. Yeah, Hardman. 
and uh, he's been utilizing him very well too. And I guess we can kind of tie this into our next segment at the these uh, upcoming like our storylines that have happened so far. And so, Madden one years of the week he's five and two. So, do you believe that Maddening is legit? And do you think that Maddening is now the favorite to take the NFC West? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I do think he is legit. And I think he's a very, very good player. I think he's on the brink of becoming uh, almost an elite player. Um, I believe he's always been really good. And I think this year he's definitely played uh, more sober games, <laughs> to say. Uh, so I think that has helped. Um, keep it up, buddy. Uh, you know, it has been a journey for sure, but when he does play at his best, it is up there with the best of them. Uh, taking a look at the games he won in on his current five game win streak, just look at these offensive numbers, just at a pure points, uh, score wise, 47 to 21 against Frankie 56 to seven against the Buccaneers. 35-31 against Tillman, 34-28 against Shane, and 31-17 against Charlie Hustle. 31 being the lowest amount of points scored in that five-week spam. We're talking 100, let's see, 173 points in that five-game spam. That's like 35 points a game, I think. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, that's pretty solid. Uh, If you can score 35 points, chances are you're going to win a lot of your games. Looking at his schedule moving forward, week eight against the Bengals, then a bye week. Then he has Bruce and then the Bears and then Beast Mode and then Andy and then Tillman again. I say he's five and two. I could easily see him winning – four out of those next five. So I'm, I'm pretty confident he'll be nine, nine and three or better going into that second matchup against Tillman. And yeah, I think he, he has a very good shot at winning the NFC West. Uh, do you agree? I, I, I definitely uh, agree. And I'm kind of happy to see this, you know, somebody else coming out that we weren't really expecting to win the division. Obviously Tillman was the preseason favorite. And I think if he can get through the Bengals and the Steelers matchups coming up here, like unscathed, then I think the really only big things he, have to, he has to worry about is that week 14 and 15 back-to-back, you got Tillman and the Monkey. That's not an easy task, back-to-back against those guys. And I think that really that's good playoff preparation for Maddening, and those, very, those might very well be uh, playoff matchups that we see this year. And uh, I think Maddening is definitely able, sober, to be a, a contender. And I, I would definitely be happy to see Maddening make it far in the playoffs, as that's not really something we saw last year. Now, kind of segueing into this year, how worried are you about Tillman sitting at 4-3 and three now? Yeah, we've talked about him a little bit uh, throughout the last couple weeks and the last couple episodes. I'm not worried. Um, you know, if I'm a Seahawks fan in this universe, uh, you know, I, I think they still have a lot of potential. He's shown that he's been able to bounce back. 
the only thing I'm worried about is I don't know if he can compete with the big dogs like he did last year. I don't see I don't I haven't seen enough yet to where he has been able to really have those clutch moments and those clutch games. Um which he's been susceptible to before. Uh you obviously know that firsthand beating him in the playoffs in Madden 19, but I feel like you know he's had with some with some competition he's going to have uh, a tough time staying at the top and maddening is going to give him a lot of competition in the division and there's not a lot of cakewalks in the NFC we've already talked about how good the NFC has been already there you know outside the division there's a lot of really good teams so it's going to be real tough for him to to he's got to win the division and you know or make a wild card spot but there's you know five or six, maybe seven teams competing for those wildcard spots now. So four and three at this point doesn't look too likely. So I think he's going to have to keep up with Maddening and try to win that division. He's only one game out at the time, uh, but he does have a loss to Maddening. He's got to win that second matchup uh, against Maddening and, uh, and keep up with the record and hopefully come out on top. But I'm not worried to just yet. Um, he's bounced back pretty well from that one and two start. So we'll see where he goes from here. Um, moving on to the storylines, like you mentioned. So we've talked uh, the NFC West, very interesting division. Um, one of the more interesting teams that doesn't look like um, that interesting from the record, but um, we've talked a decent amount about him is Andy Akers and the Cardinals, the commissioner, uh, would you say that this is the best one in six team we've ever seen? I mean, I, what's the deal? I, I think that's a, a good way to put it. And uh, I think a couple of his games could have gone either way, especially the one week one against me. But I think the biggest thing that stands out is his passing game has been on literally another level this year. Big Ben has 2,555 passing yards at this point in the season, only seven games in. And the biggest thing that stands out there is second place right now is Deshaun Watson with 1,866 yards. So he has a 700-yard gap between first and second place in passing yards. Obviously, this hasn't translated to wins, unfortunately, for Andy. Obviously, uh, he's lacking in the rushing game and on defense. But, hey, you got something going for you, Andy, and uh, you're lethal. You know, you can win some games with a good passing game like that, and uh, I think I'll turn it around eventually. <laughs> yeah, his passing game has definitely taken a huge stride this season. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's on a five-game losing streak since being one and one after week two in that good win against Beast Mode, turning, but now turning out to be maybe you know not as good a win as we originally thought. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, you know, his yards and his numbers are great, but points wise, he hasn't put up a ton of points, uh, in this five game stretch, uh, he's put up 16, 21, 29, 16, and 34. So that's, and the games that he put up more points, uh, he also allowed a lot more. So against the Bengals, he lost 45 to 29. And against Weasel and the Giants, he lost 55 to 34. So the defense just hasn't really stepped up 
And uh, like you said, the running game has not been there. It's hard to, to win with, without a balanced attack uh, sometimes. And if you don't have a solid defense, if you can't keep the other team off the board, it's going to be hard to win games. Um, looking at all of his defensive points allowed from, from week one, 37, 26, 31, 35, 45, 35, 55. There's one, one game, one game out of the seven, less than 30 points, less than 31 points. So same thing we are talking about with Manning, where if you score 35 points, chances are you're going to win a lot of games. If you give up 35 points or 30 points, chances are you're going to lose a lot of games. So he's impressed with some, some good efforts. Um, games haven't been as close as, as they should have been. He's had some tough losses, but I feel like he can still uh, turn it around a little bit. He does have BLD next week. Uh, so don't expect him to win that one. So it might be one and seven, but then he's got some winnable ones, Shane and Kunk after that. And then Shane again, and then Matt, and actually it's not even that, not even that easy of a schedule. He really does have a tough schedule this season. I mean, uh, interesting being the Cardinals and all, but it is a fantasy draft. That's probably why. So Shane uh, and then Maddening and then Bruce and then Frankie and then, Tillman and Matting again. So realistically, it's going to be a tough season for Andy. Uh, you know, I don't expect him to make a playoff run, but hopefully he can get a few wins here and there and maybe, uh, re, you know, get some nice pieces in the draft next season. All right. Um, speaking of other disappointing teams we've talked about already, a um, couple of the ones we've been looking at, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Beast Mode, one and six, uh, just not the guy that we thought he was. Maybe um, I was high on him. You weren't as high on him as I was, apparently. But apparently, I was wrong. He uh, he's had some struggles, and honestly, not a lot of really even close games. Or I mean, the first few games were somewhat close, but he's had some other tough losses, like like we talked about with Tillman, and um, he had a loss to Han you know, both of them were, were three touchdown losses. So any thoughts on uh beast mode, what's going on with him or if you think he can turn around? I think uh, like we were saying, I think he's definitely the guy that underperformed our preseason predictions the most. And it maybe it wasn't fair to him. Like we, we saw a limited amount of him in Madden 19. So he made our judgments based off of that. Obviously a different game and everything. I mean, he's, he's lost three of his games by less than three points, three points or less. So it's kind of hard to really judge him based off his record alone. And you know, scores kind of tell you a little bit more of the story. And I know that, that definitely that week two game against Andy really could have gone towards him if a couple plays went differently. So it could be two and five. He could even be three and three right now. So maybe we're kind of overblowing this one and six here. Obviously, you don't want to be one and six. But I don't think it's like an awful one and six, if that makes sense. Like he hasn't been getting blown out every single game, and I think he's got some some games coming up here against the Patriots and the Texans, and that I think he should be able to win. I don't really see him making a run for playoff spot this season, but I think it's definitely somebody to look out for seasons beyond if the ball kind of falls towards him, and uh, maybe he's just been getting some bad breaks this year. 
Yeah, I think that's the case. Uh, yeah, maybe he'll turn around. We'll see. And then uh, Bundy and the Jets at two and four. Um, not horrible, but definitely a little bit underperforming from what we're used to seeing with Bundy. Um, the only wins being against Cam. Or actually, sorry, that was the Bills week one. Um, wasn't Cam at the time. And uh, Boston Sean and the Patriots last week. So he had an, a little four game stretch of losses there, but I think he could turn around. Um, it's not a horrible, you know, he lost the monkey pretty bad. He had close loss against, uh, Steve and the Eagles, another close loss against Boston Sean, and then a tough loss against Frankie, um, in that four week stretch, but he's got some winnable games. Division is like we've been talking about is a very winnable division. Um, you know, we're talking maybe seven wins is probably likely to win that division. Any thoughts on Bundy and the Jets and that division? I'm not too worried about his out of division losses. It's really just if you win your division games, you'll you'll win the division in that division, I think. So the upcoming game against the Dolphins week nine and then uh, later in the season, week 14 and week 17, Dolphins and the Bills, respectively. I think uh, those are the biggest games he has to circle. And obviously anything else is just a uh, cherry on top, and hopefully you can pad a big enough lead. But I, we're going to talk about this in a couple minutes here. But this division is uh, on pace to be one of the worst ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I like we said, it's a very winnable division. I feel like maybe seven or eight wins uh, could win it. So he's really only got to go like six and four in the next 10 games. So it's definitely doable. We've seen monkey play pretty well over the years. Uh, we'll see if he can turn around. Um, all right. Other stories we have, uh, we talked about you getting your first loss, uh, Charlie hustle, getting his first loss and Panthers getting their first and second losses. Um, so not as many undefeated teams as before. Last week we had, I think, seven undefeated teams going in. Um, but now at the end of week seven, uh, we have two remaining undefeated teams, and that would be the New Orleans Saints and the New York Giants, uh, both sitting, uh, I believe, one is 7-0. Oh, let me look real quick. Yeah, one is... 7-0, that would be the Giants and BLD and the Saints at the recording of this podcast are 6-0. Uh, we're still waiting to play their Week 7 game. Obviously, we know BLD was going to be in his position. 6-0 um, and is not out of the ordinary for him. Expect him to probably go. Maybe get a chance at going undefeated for the whole season. Wouldn't put it past him. And uh, – Weasel and the Giants, though, I feel like that is a little bit of um, being 7-0 this late in the season. He's gotten a lot of solid wins. Um, any thoughts on the last two undefeated teams? I think uh, Weasel, obviously, is always at the center of attention and controversy, usually. But he's definitely shown that he's good this year. Derrick Henry is a beast. And obviously, his keeper, Birmingham, is uh, kind of unfair at times. I think – I don't know if Weasel will go 16-0. and 0. Obviously, we got the big game coming up, hopefully, uh, you know, the next couple of days. I don't know. We got to figure out the schedules, I guess. Uh, I don't – I can't say that I'm expecting to win this game, 
but I'm hoping to at least be close and at least have a shot to win this game at the end. And I kind of was throwing a backtrack to uh, the Panthers and the Falcons because I just want to tie up some like strings from last podcast. We talked about Panthers and Falcons, like who is more legit and who do you see like being you know the better team. And I think right now, obviously, it's looking like Falcons based off his record. But if you if you look at the Panthers' schedule. It, he really didn't beat – he beat the 0-7 Texans, the 1-6 Cardinals, and the 1-5 Buccaneers as three of his wins. The one big one coming week one against Maddening uh, before – because before Maddening really figured everything out. You know, week one's always sketchy. And then he lost to Centra and now Kunk, who is, a you know, a valid competition. But I think that maybe Panthers kind of falling back to, you know, regression to the mean where he's supposed to be. And I think Charlie Hustle, the – is definitely somebody to watch out for as uh, his one loss was just maddening right here this last week. And I think he's got this big test coming up against Tillman week eight that will really show who he is. And then BLD right after that, after your bye week. So those two weeks are really going to show if Charlie Hustle is, you know, real legit or just a fake so far. Yeah. It's hard to fake six and one, but uh, yeah, he's got some testers for sure. Um, speaking of Kunk and the Buccaneers, we would like to welcome uh, our newest members. Uh, Kunk, obviously a former RMLer, and, and another former RMLer from a little bit way back. Um, we'll welcome Rich and the Houston Texans. So welcome, guys. Glad to have you, as always. Hope you guys um, listen to the podcast and enjoy what we have to say. We're excited to have you. And uh, can't wait to see what you guys can do. Maybe we'll talk about you uh, if you guys are either really good or really bad (laughs) or if you have some good games or something. So who knows? Maybe you'll be user of the week one of these weeks. So, all right. um, That'll do it for our storylines. Definitely a lot of interesting things going on. As usual, this is crazy league and things happen seemingly every week so there's always stuff to talk about um all right so let's kind of go through the divisions um just to give everyone an idea of uh who's leading any uh interesting notes or thoughts um all right so afc east pretty interesting the uh only the highest win total in the afc east is two through week seven so not very good uh, you talked about this a little bit. Patriots being two, four, and one. The Dolphins at two and three technically lead the division. Um, they're still waiting to play their week seven game. Uh, and Bundy and the Jets at two and four. Cam and the Bills at one and four. Um, who stands out? Who do you th- uh, give me a prediction? Who is going to win that division? So just as a correction, uh, the Dolphins are getting the Bills are getting the Forceman from the Dolphins this week. So. Dolphins and Bills will also be two and four. So all four teams will be at two and four. The Patriots just have the tie added on as all of three teams have had a bye so far. So essentially the Patriots will technically be in first with the tie. But anyways, I think honestly, I can't, I don't even know because they're all just bad. No offense guys. <laughs> I think uh motherload kind of has, we, we always talk motherload up and I still haven't seen it this year. And Bundy has had some bad games. It's really, it's really, you're picking from nothing here. I, I could see like a four-way tie still occurring 
week 17 somehow with this division at like 6 and 10. It's just, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can, uh, I can see, you know, like I was saying before, seven wins is probably what I'm thinking is going to win it. I think you hit the nail on the head. Motherload and Bundy are the favorites in my opinion. Uh, if Motherload plays, he's not one that doesn't play his games. He definitely plays his games. If he would have played Cam, I feel like he had a good chance of winning that game, but uh, he had to give the force. So he could have been three and three to take that uh, lead in the division. Um, he, I feel like he has probably one of the better chances. His defense is very good. He's only allowed 105 points in the five games that he's played. Um, offense, a little bit more to be desired. Um, Boston Sean, um, higher scoring offense, but a worse defense. Bundy, similar kind of, he's, like you said, he's had some rough games. We'll see what happens. Um, the AFC East is going to be uh, a real battle for who can come out on top. Um, and I feel like it's going to come down to the last few weeks, especially with those divisional games that we always see at the end there. All right, moving on to the AFC West. Uh, we've talked a little bit about this. We're not going to go too much into it um plug leading the way at five and two like we said um Vic at three and four at the bottom Danny and Seth uh Danny at four and two Seth at four and three um all right let's go let's just might as well just do predictions since that seems to be the easiest way to do this um give me if you have to choose a winner of the division and uh, if you think there'll be a wild card team out of this division or maybe two, who would they be? I think uh, right now I'd be going with plug as the division winner. Like he only has like one legit loss against me, not to toot my own horn. And uh, obviously that whole big debacle against Doe last week, uh, sitting five and two, only one game on top of the Raiders. I think, I feel like Danny's kind of hitting his stride now. He's getting hot. But I think Plug is good enough to hold him off. And I think Plug will win this division. And as far as wild card goes, uh, right now Seth is sitting in the fifth seed, according to Daddy Leagues, although Seth is right there at four and two on the bubble. And I think um, I, I might go with Danny here as the wild card. Might overtake Seth. Seth's been playing some good ball lately. Obviously, that loss to Plug hurts a lot in overtime. That could have, you know, he could have gone up to first place right there, the win right there, and that's how fickle, you know, it is in a division this tight and this good. Is uh, one overtime loss could really make a big difference. <laughs> yeah, it's a slugfest between these guys. I mean, four really, really good teams that would arguably be some of the top two or best teams in any other division, um, all battling it out. I think. Uh, in my opinion, it's hard to pick against Danny. Uh, so I would probably lean him with the, uh, just the experience he's had and, uh, being a proven top tier player. But like you said, um, he, he he's got to beat plug. He's got to, he's, de he's definitely going to beat him the next time they play. Uh, no question about that. Cause I don't see plug losing too many games from here on out. So they're probably going to go neck and neck till the very end. Um, I'm not sure when the next time they play is. Let's go ahead and see if we can pull that up. Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> I'm sure some people that get that reference too. I'm a reference machine over here. All right. Um, uh, week 13. So not that 
late in the season, but actually it should be coming up um, and, you know, not too long. So, and then he's got uh, Raiders and Broncos at the end. So Danny definitely will have to win that week 13 matchup against the chiefs. And I'm thinking that game might end up deciding it. Uh, but I think there's going to be a lot of battle between these guys. All right, let's move on. We're, we're, we're getting a little long here again. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the AFC North. We got two teams tied at four and two Han and the Bengals and Bruce and the Steelers. Give me uh, your prediction here. I'm going to give you mine first since I've been asking you. Uh, I think if I had to choose one of these guys, it's probably going to be Han for me, especially being on a hot win streak right now. Bruce is a little more back and forth. Um, I think Han can definitely pull away from from Bruce. But I think 10 10 wins is probably – might win this division, maybe 11. What do you think? I I agree. I think uh, Bruce, has had, Bruce has had some – obviously, he had beat Tillman, who we talked about last podcast, but Han did beat Bruce himself uh, a couple weeks ago, and they have a matchup week 13, I believe. And so that could be a very big matchup right there, probably be our game of the week when we do the podcast the week before. And I, I think uh, – don't forget, you can't sleep on Frankie yet. They're two and four. He had that tough loss against Tendi week one, and he could very well be three and three. And, you know, perhaps Frankie could put together something, but I think this is really a two-horse race right now, especially for the division lead. And uh, right, I'm going with Han, but Bruce is definitely somebody that you can't sleep on. Agree 100% there. AFC South, we have uh, the Indianapolis Colts, Doe leading the division at five and one, uh, pretty heavy Couple two game uh, two game lead early on. Um, Centra being three and three. Uh, do you see any any chance Centric? I mean, catches Doe in that division, or it's pretty much guaranteed that Doe is going to hang on to it the whole year. I, th- I think Centra should be setting his eyes on the wild card right now. Obviously, if the debacle didn't happen in in Indianapolis, it could be would be a different story. But the Kyler Murray suspension could come into play here. Nick Mullins right now, uh, the quarterback for the Colts for seven more weeks. So perhaps he struggles with him, and Centro has an opportunity there to strike. Uh, Titans and Texans, sorry guys, but I think it's uh, looking forward to the draft and building for next year at two and five and zero and seven respectively. Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, we talked a little bit about Rich having a, a good roster to for a rebuild, so he's got a lot of young talent. Uh, I think, yeah, he might have a high pick. Um, so maybe next season we'll, we'll get a little bit better of us. Uh, it's tough coming in, you know, picking up an 0-6 team uh, and turning that around. So, you know, the, the coach got fired. It's like it's like if the coach got fired and, you you know, you come in to try to right the ship, win a few games and make a nice top five draft pick, get a really solid player. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, it's pretty handily uh, dough even with the suspension. I don't really see him dropping two games in that division. Um, moving on to the NFC, we got the NFC East, and um, we have we talked about Weasel. He's seven and zero, undefeated. This is a pretty good matchup between uh, the top two in this division, uh, Monkey and Weasel. A little bit of a rivalry brew in there. Um, should be pretty interesting. Uh, definitely a two-team race. Uh, Steve and Snorts. At the bottom, uh, 
snorts with a two, two and two record and Steve at one and six. Uh, any chance you think monkey can catch weasel or is it pretty, pretty much a wild card round race for monkey? I think monkey, uh, he better be rooting for me this upcoming week because that might be his only shot this, uh, these next two weeks, week eight and week nine are the biggest weeks of the season for weasel plays me and then monkey. And beyond that, the schedule is very soft. Uh, besides you, week 13, uh, you versus Weasel plays, you know, Steve, Motherlode, Snorts, and uh, Bears. And I don't really see him losing any games. Maybe you and me or Monkey. And that's still three pretty much, like, games I see Weasel maybe losing. So Monkey has, like, no room for error here. He has to win out, basically and hope Weasel slips up. But the biggest thing, obviously, head-to-head week nine. But I think it's hard to say that Weasel won't win the division right here. But remember, any given Sunday, folks, and we've seen plenty of upsets. So don't take anything we're saying here as a fact because I can pretty much guarantee you Weasel's not going undefeated. And uh, there's a pretty good chance that he's going to lose one of those games that we did not mention. Uh, it, it's almost – it has to happen. It's just the way this league is going this year. Um, but, yeah, I think Monkey still has a chance. He's on a little bit of a roll uh, at three three straight wins. Um, so he should be able to definitely – he'll have a wild card uh, berth. I feel like he's pretty solid. He's going to probably be around 11 or 12 wins uh, going into the, you know, final stretch of the season so it's just a matter of if if weasel can hold him off and and get to that you know 13 14 win season so he's on a good start so far being seven and oh i mean only one of two remaining undefeated teams so let's see if the giants can keep it up all right the nfc north um our division it's uh you're you're pulling away a little bit um even with the loss against vikings you're five and one. You're looking, you know, really good in most facets of the game, especially Melvin Gordon. Uh, I am now on a three-game win losing streak, so trending backwards. Uh, not having the best stretch of football being played here in Green Bay. Um, it's been a little bit rough, but uh, hopefully we can right the ship. But again, we do have a couple games against a couple more AFC West opponents and plug and Vic coming up next. So uh, it's going to be real tough for me. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, we don't really have to talk too much about us. Uh, Vikings may be a wild card, uh, you know, at three and four, uh, even though, you know, he hasn't performed super good, but he's won two in a row. They're a one and four start, including a big win against you. So I feel like he can, uh, he might be able to get a few more wins and start to look, at uh, that number six seed or something like that. But I will probably be battling for that as well, unless uh, I can turn it around and uh, try to catch you. But uh, that, we don't need to talk too much about our division any, uh, any more than we already have. Moving on to the NFC West. We have a pretty good battle. We've talked about these guys a little bit. Uh, Tillman and Maddening at the top. Maddening at five and two. Tillman at four and three. Uh, I think we've covered this one a decent amount saying all we need to say. Um, 
maddening. You know, we, we think he's for real. He's going to play. He's the user of the week. But Tillman is established. He's a good all-around player. Um, any thoughts on the NFC West? Uh, give me a prediction on uh, your, your, your take on who's going to win this. I, I think uh, Tillman – I mean, I think uh, maddening will be able to pull it off. I think he'll stay consistent. he got that, that powerful offense with Tyreek Hill leading the way. I think also we haven't mentioned Shane too much today. And he's at 2-3 and three right now. And I'm assuming he's going to play sports like on Sunday, so when this podcast releases. And if he manages to avoid a tie against sports, I think Shane could go will be 3-3. Three and three. And he'll be right in the thick of things right there. Only one game behind second place. And, you know, shooting together a couple more wins and, you know, maybe upset Tillman or Maddening one of these days, and he's right into things. Then you know, I think we're kind of sleeping on Shane right here. Then Zeke Elliott with the X factors. We talked about how dangerous he could be, and you know, any given Sunday, like you said. Yeah, definitely. He he could play a factor. I'm not sure he's going to be able to keep up with Maddening and Tillman for the whole season, but I could easily see him playing spoiler and uh, maybe even, you know, starting to strive for a wild card spot near the end. All right, and then the NFC South, uh, I think arguably the most interesting division for sure. Um, We have the Saints, BLD, 6-0 at the top. We have Charlie Hustle and the Falcons just behind him at 6-1. And And then we have Dog and the Panthers at 4-2. And and then Kunk and the Bucks at 1-5. Obviously him, you know, getting the team with an 0-5 record. So – it's going to be a, a little bit of a, a head start for the other guys. Um, seems to be a three-team race for the division here uh, with Dog losing a couple to kind of fall a little bit behind Charlie and BLD. Um, do you think it's set in stone that BLD's pretty much got this one locked up, or do you think that Charlie might be able to make a, a little bit of a surprise run? I don't really see BLD slipping here too much. I think the real test will come when he plays the Falcons finally in Week 10 and Week 13. Then we obviously will really know where they stand. But I don't. it's hard to go against BLD. We, know, we all know what he can do, how good he is. And uh, I think – but obviously uh, Charlie will be a factor in the playoffs as like a wild card if not the division. And uh, Dogfather's still in the hunt, too. Obviously, we're seeing how strong the NFC is and that, you know, on the bubble wild card race is going to be wild heading down the stretch here. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I don't see BLD losing. To, it, uh, honestly, I don't really see him losing any games. I feel like he has a pretty good chance of going 16-0, but uh, might lose one, maybe two total. Um with Omar Payne out, you know, it makes things a little more interesting. Um, but like we said, it's, I don't, we don't think that's going to affect him a whole lot. I do think Charlie Hustle has a very good chance at uh, keeping, um, you know, that five seed, uh, the wild card in his grasp for a while. So if that's the case, that's going to be a lot of teams, like you said, fighting for just one spot and uh, it's going to be really tough. So, it's really going to emphasize winning your division in the NFC with how competitive it is. All right. Um, that'll do it for our little division recap there. Um, 
And last but not least, let's go ahead and talk about some games to watch for next week. All right, so week eight coming up. So we're week seven here, about to advance to week eight this Sunday. Um, week eight, we have about a lot of good matchups, actually. We got Han and the Bengals taking on the Rams uh, and Maddening. Uh, Han is four and two, Rams five and two. We have Seth taking on Doe, Broncos versus Colts. Colts five and one, Broncos four and three. We have the New York Giants taking on the Detroit Lions, like we mentioned earlier. Very big game in the NFC. Five and one for the Lions, undefeated seven and zero for the Giants. We have uh, myself, the Green Bay Packers, taking on Plug and the Chiefs. Chiefs are five and two. Packers are four and three. And we have Tillman and the Seahawks taking on Charlie Hustle uh, and the Falcons. Falcons six and one. Seahawks four and three. Um, yeah, so aside from our games, um, any other – which game stands out the most? Uh, I think uh, the Seahawks and the Falcons is a really interesting game. I think uh, I, I think we kind of mentioned it before, but Falcons – obviously, like Charlie Hustle is kind of like under a microscope from us because, like, we don't really know him too well. He hasn't been in the league in Madden 19. We don't know, like, how good he is. And uh, obviously Tillman, we've talked about him a ton. And, like, if he loses this game, he goes to 4-4. Four and four. That's not, like, a Tillman record, you know? And uh, so I'm definitely going to try and catch that game whenever they play that one. Yeah, that's the one that stands out to me as well. I, I also probably want to see Colts versus Broncos. I um, feel like those two uh, are pretty evenly matched. Uh, I think if Seth can uh, get his game going the way he usually plays um, – and, and keep up with Doe and, and his, you know, offense and his defense, really uh, well-rounded team. But, yeah, that should be another barn burner, um, expecting it to be probably pretty high scoring too. Um, but, yeah, both those games should be really good. And then, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to your game too. Um, should be very interesting to see if you can pull it off and, and give Weasel his first loss. All right, looking at week nine, we got a division matchup, the Cowboys versus the Giants. Um, we'll see if the Giants are still undefeated after that. Uh, then we have a panel matchup, Danny and Brad, Lions and Raiders. We'll see how those teams are faring that late. Uh, could be a really interesting matchup um, deep into the season. And then we have a couple of old-time RMLers, myself, and Victor, the Packers and the Chargers, um, could be a big matchup for for Vic and myself as well. I mean, if I can't beat Plug next week, I'm I'll be 500, and uh, yeah, I might fall below 500 if I can't beat Vic. So, um, so week nine, you and me again have pretty good matchups, and then uh, Monkey versus Weasel. That should be we've talked about how that rivalry is kind of brewed a little bit. So. Looking forward to that matchup. Um, should be a really high-scoring offensive game. Week 10, we have Charlie Hustle versus BLD. That should be a really good game, one we're all looking forward to. And then we have Maddening versus Bruce, the Rams versus the Steelers. Um, so definitely looking forward to Falcons versus Saints. Uh, that's the first time they're playing each other this season. 
Uh, any thoughts on that one, what you're expecting? I think uh, Falcons Saints is definitely must-see TV. I think it will definitely, you know, show if Charlie Hustle is able to hang with BLD or if it's just, you know, BLD is on another, on another level, which I wouldn't be surprised is true. Um, so, yeah, we got a lot of good games coming up here. I think uh, last week we didn't really know, like, too many good games that were coming up. There weren't too many uh, f- over 500 teams playing each other, but we have a ton of over over 500 teams coming up this real-life week. So hopefully uh, you guys tune into these games and, uh, you know, get to watch some good RML action. Yeah, the deeper into the season we go, we're definitely going to, you know, figure out teams more and be able to kind of judge who's good and who's not. And I feel like there's a lot of really good teams and a lot of teams that are performing uh, very solid. And there's a lot of interesting matchups that are happening within these games and within these teams. Uh, for everyone else, you know, that hasn't been mentioned a whole lot, um, you know, I'm sure you'll be, you'll have some good games coming up too. Um, but we're, you know, obviously going to focus on some of the teams with playoff implications and things like that, just like, uh, you know, anyone else would in real life talking about the NFL. So uh, that'll do it for our games to watch. Um, been a pretty fun podcast, another long one, but uh, we had a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. Um, super uh, just crazy week overall. I feel like the league has been picking up a really good pace. Um, games are still being played at a very, very high mark. Uh, everyone's still, you know, for the most part in a good mood and, um, you know, no one's really that, you know, upset with the game or anything like that. There's been some controversy here and there, but overall, I'm I'm pretty happy with the way things are going. Would, all right, would you agree? Agreed. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun, even though I suffered my first, first loss. I still had fun. Um, and I hope you guys don't mind the length of these podcasts. That's what she said. But um, we, we try before we go on air, try to consolidate it. And it's always just one thing after another. We get on tangents and you guys just provide us with so much to talk about. So, you know, hopefully you guys listen to most of it at least. And uh, thanks for listening. And let's uh, get all, get these games in. Yeah, I think we should stop apologizing for anything because this is our, our thing, you know. And if you don't want to listen, you don't have to. But it's free, and you know we're we're doing this out, out of the kindness of our hearts. We're doing this because we love this league so much that we are literally devoting hours of our weeks, hours of our days, to like and entertain you guys, and you know just do this. So I'm not, you know, I I love doing it, so I I, I want to keep doing it. So um, again, thanks everyone for all the support. It's been really awesome, and uh, yeah, I, I look forward to. To next week, there's going to be, I'm sure, even more to talk about. Um, yeah, I, and we probably only have, what, maybe one, two, maybe three more until the end of the season of these podcasts. I'd say we're probably going to only do like five episodes a season because we get through, you know, three or four games a week uh, in, in Madden. So, yeah, I mean, two weeks from now, we're probably going to be talking playoffs. And uh, and then after that, it's the off season. So. It's going to go by quick, guys, and uh, we can't wait for it. So, And by the way, Brad, uh, 
yeah, you lost one game. Get over it. Like I, I'm on a three game losing streak. So, you know, go screw yourself. But uh, anyway, any last thoughts, uh, Bradley? And um, yeah, what do you just tell the people what you think? I think uh, we're. I think they're we're out of things to talk about finally tonight, and uh, we'll have a lot more content for you guys next week. And uh, we'll get a better idea of the divisions and the playoff picture next weekend. Yep. You couldn't have said it better. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to run out of gas. Uh, all right. I think that's going to do it for episode seven. Definitely tune in next week. Uh, we might have hopefully trying to get some new segments and uh, new, maybe some new announcements. Uh, and we might even have a sponsor next week. So stay tuned for that. Um That's going to do it for us. I'm Cheese. He's Chowder. We'll see you guys when we see you. So long. As always, guys, thank you for listening. You can now catch us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Casts. And remember to smash that subscribe button and tune in next time.